the Two Lost Trader podcast. We are not financial advisors. Please seek your own independent advice for any stocks or cryptocurrencies you wish to buy and just enjoy the podcast. Good morning, guys, and welcome to the Two Lost Traders podcast on today, Thursday, the 18th of November with me, James Pozo, and my good friend, Travis Clayton. On today's show, we'll go over some of the major financial news. Then we will do a quick review of previous shows and some of the stocks that we've discussed. Um, we will have our To The Moon and To The Floor segment. Um, some stocks have had a good rise recently and one that's had a bit of a sharp fall. We'll talk about what's hot on hot copper, the most discussed stocks on the hot copper forum. Travis will do his crypto wrap. We'll give you a stock for your watch list and then we'll go over our seven day beat the bank. Find a stock that will beat the bank interest in seven days. And then our last segment today is Diamond Hands, a stock that has not had a good time recently, but maybe you should just hold on. So stick around and enjoy today's podcast. Well, welcome back to the show. And uh, we're going to start off the show this week by reviewing some of the stocks we discussed in previous episodes and just update their performances. The first one we're going to look at today is GPR, ticker code. The name of the company is GeoPacific Resources, and we spoke about possibly adding it to the watch list. It's since crashed 25% thanks to a COVID-19 outbreak on the island in Papua New Guinea where the mine's located. And that's out of their hands. They've not been able to continue operations. And so things are on hold. So immediately upon open, after the announcement, it uh, tanked uh, 23%, and it's down another 2% since then, to, I think, 20.5 cents. And by the way, that 20.5 cents is the same low as we saw about a year ago. So we might be looking at a double bottom here. And actually, if it's been on your watch list, you might have an opportunity to enter into a stock like this uh, going forward. At this stage, they are saying that they are closing everything down and putting it on care and maintenance until perhaps as early as middle of January. Uh, so I think, you know, once they announce that they're resuming the development of the project, that might be when we see some upside. But until then, we sit tight. We also mentioned uh, Coden as another uh, stock that we could perhaps take a look at. I think that was a to the floor segment, wasn't it? That's right. That's right, yeah. And look, it's been on the floor, it's staying on the floor, and it's just really hovering around that $10 mark, $10 to $10.50 mark. I think if we get a breakout to the upside or downside, it will be significant because it's just been hovering at that price for quite some time now. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, last week at the end of the episode, we spoke about ASM, or Anson Resources. That's uh, up 60% since James pumped it on the show, and uh, we can only put it down to our listeners piling into the stock uh, after listening to that show. So, you know, happy days for ASN holders. We also had uh, CXO, uh, Core Lithium, which uh, we spoke about on a previous show. Well, that's actually relatively flat. Uh, I think it was three weeks ago we spoke about that, and it's actually down about 3.9% since that time. So just really consolidating at these levels. And the, the last one we'll mention today is uh, FFX or Firefinch. Firefinch is up 6% since we spoke about it on the show. So pretty steady increases there for Firefinch. Really happy days. 
All right, awesome Trev. Um, now we're gonna go over some of the overnight markets and major financial news. You've got some uh, info on what's been having the cryptos this week. Well, cryptos have had a tough week. They were belted this week on news that the SEC has decided to reject the application for a Bitcoin ETF, exchange traded fund. Now, as a result of being rejected, uh, that obviously upset a few punters out there and it fell 10% on that announcement. And of course, the altcoins, the alternative coins to the large market cap cryptocurrencies were down far more than that, some as much as 20%, so really interesting. We've also seen uh, global equities this week have been flat as markets tried to justify higher prices. Uh, supporting this was a higher than expected inflation in the United States of America with a whopping 6.2% just for the month of October. So uh, inflation is clearly uh, in force at the moment. Now to put that into perspective, the inflation for the inflation story, inflation has actually been above 5% since the month of May 2021. So those arguments about uh, inflation being transitory uh, certainly it's not matching up as uh, the inflation rate continues to climb. So nothing, nothing probably unexpected for our listeners. For stocks, rejecting higher prices at this point uh, is probably supported by the high earnings ratios, PE earnings particularly, or PE ratios, price to earnings, and other valuation metrics that are used in the equity market to try and find value. Now, it's hard to find companies today with a P-E ratio of less than 15, which is the market average over the last 25 years. Uh, many stocks have a P-E ratio of over 30. So that's double the average of the last 25 years. So we're not, what we're saying here is we're really struggling to find value in stocks. And Australian numbers on the ASX are very similar. So that sort of that 30 range and higher uh, is not uncommon. Now, the other thing that's really, really important that's happened this week is we've seen coffee prices surge. The commodity uh, is suffering from labor shortages and supply constraints, pushing the price of coffee beans higher and higher. Now, the media is banging the drum on the price of a takeaway coffee at your local cafe to go up by about 40% before the end of the year. And so, you know, that's going to really hit the hip pocket. Uh, those numbers, by the way, that 40% figure, that would be hyperinflationary, which is Definitely what, not what our central bankers want to be talking about. All right, well, that's pretty much the news for the week. Uh, and um, onwards and upwards, hopefully. All right, awesome. Thanks, Trav. Uh, now our To The Moon and To The Floor segment. Um, the one I've got today for the To The Moon is HMD, Heramed. It's uh, up 40% this week. It's a biotech company. Um, They've got a couple of projects um, with telemedicine where they have remote monitors which actually check the, uh, a fetus, a baby, a fetus's heart rate. Um, so a mother can take this remote monitor away um, and check the heart rate of the fetus. It's um, yeah, really interesting technology. Um, they're only a 55 million market cap. Um, but yeah, off, off not much news this week, up 40%. It could just be a bit of a pump. Um, but if you're if you're up for a bit of risk reward with any of these companies, I mean a 55 million market cap. If they get some partnerships with um, some big companies and get into America and all that kind of thing, 55 million can seem very low. Um, you've just got to find that one 
biotech company that can take off. Um, but yeah, 40% up this week, HMD Heramed. Um, have a look at that one. Uh, now to the floor, I could have probably picked any of the banks, Travis, uh, but I went with CBA down 8.5%. Um, I mean, I guess the share price of the banks can't keep going up forever, so they were due a bit of a correction. Um, but this one is based on warnings of a hit to margins um, from the low interest rate environment and also from greater mortgage competition. In recent years, there is a, um, a lot better mortgage competition. You can you know, take your mortgage from one bank to another or find an, another company to do it. So that's definitely hit the big four banks. Um, I can't imagine that it's going to be too much doom and gloom, though, because... Um, over the last five, 10 years, Trav, they've done nothing but trend steadily upwards. And we've seen this before. The, the, uh, there's always been competition that comes into the market, but you know the big four banks simply buy them out. Yeah. And that gets rid of the, gets rid of the challenges. Um, so maybe we'll see that again. Yeah. Uh, all right, now we're gonna get on to our what's hot on hot copper. And you're gonna go first with Talga Limited, TLG. Yes, well, Talga's um, in, involved in the batteries technology market for electric for the uh, electric vehicle uh, space. They work specifically with graphite and graphene to improve the sustainability and efficiency of battery operations. Now, they're based in Perth, and the share price today sits at $1.99. We might as well round that up to $2. It's a nice round number. So uh, round numbers tend to be important, uh, which is also previous resistance from late November 2020. So we've got basically a double top as things stand now. Now demand for electric vehicle batteries has skyrocketed, particularly in the last two years. Uh, they have developed relationships with over 48 automotive electric vehicle uh, manufacturers all around the world, but mostly in and around that European area. Uh, interestingly, they have set themselves up in the heart of Europe and vertically integrated the process. By that I mean that they have their mine in Europe, they have their concentrator in Europe and processing facility also in Europe for the anodes. Now the anodes are a key component in the electric battery. Um, and you know, all of those facilities that we just spoke about from mine through to processing are within a 40 minute drive of each other. Now this means that they don't have to ship anything uh, very far away, they can just truck it really quickly. So those high shipping costs we're seeing in other industries doesn't really apply to Talga. Lots of discussion on Hot Copper about other developments in the battery market and their competitors. Uh, some of those being Northvolt, uh, which is based, I think, in the US. And of course, it's not surprisingly Foxconn, which is linked very strongly and tightly to Apple. So no surprise there with the use of lithium batteries. Um, for me, though, it needs to break out of that November 2020 high that we saw. Um, the price back then was $2.09, so another $0.09. Cents and higher, and we're looking like it's a breakout at that point. Support to the downside, to me, looks to be around about $1.30 on the chart. Um, and look, if it gets down to there, I think that would, could be a great opportunity to buy into Talga Resources, ASX, ticker code TLG. All right, awesome, thanks Trav. Uh, next one we're gonna talk about that is always a very popular stock discussed on Hot Copper is AVZ Minerals. Um, now, a few weeks ago, I had this as the Beat the Bank, um, seven-day Beat the Bank, when it was 31 cents. A week later, it got to 34. Well, now it's up to 57 and a half cents. So if you did buy it, hopefully you didn't sell it 
after a week. Um, I was basing it on the, the fact that their license to mine um, in Africa was about to be granted by the DRC government. Well, they still haven't received that license. Um, but geez, the rumor has got around, Trav, because yeah, 31 cents to 57 and a half cents. Um, yeah, just waiting for that mining license still, but the market seems to think that this is an imminent um, approval um, and they will get their mining license. And once they do, I mean, it could be three or four years until they are producing, but I find this one of the most interesting companies on the ASX based on the fact they have got the largest lithium deposit in the world and the second largest tin deposit. I mean, even the tin alone, tin is reaching $40,000 a tonne with record highs at the moment. Um, and the market cap of AVZ may seem high, 1.85 billion for someone that's not even producing anything yet. But if you look at, say, the largest lithium company in the world, Tianqi, um, market cap of 150 billion. So, you know, we look at it now, 57 and a half cents. Um, but if you look back in, if you, sorry, look ahead five years time, if AVZ does reach all these milestones that they need to, which is, a, you know, still a risky play, who knows what the market cap and the share price could reach for this Australian company with the largest lithium deposit and second largest tin deposit in the world. All right, you're going to hit us up now with MNS. Yeah, Magnus Energy. Look, um, a really interesting week for Magnus Energy. I, um, I would say that we, we take these hot copper most discussed stocks from the previous day. So I mean, now it's Thursday morning and uh, it's no longer on the list, but uh, yesterday it certainly was. And I, I think I'd point out too is that, you know, our listeners might find that we often talk about lithium and that's simply because that's what people in hot copper are focusing on. That's the sector. That is the hot sector at the minute. And so, you know, that's what this show is all about, is identifying what's hot, what's happening, and where the money's flowing to. So Magnus Energy, well, it's interesting. So the company is in the exact same business as Tolga Limited. Uh, I find that interesting. So most two of the most talked about stocks on hot copper are in the same business. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of that. I guess the difference is that Magnus Energy have their resource base in Tanzania. So the product needs to be shipped. Uh, once mined, the product will be shipped to the US and Australia, particularly Queensland, where it will be processed. Uh, we're talking about here, uh, sorry, I should clear up. We are talking about graphite, okay, and the use of anodes in battery technology. So uh, for Magnus, their processing facility in Queensland and the US, neither have been built yet, and it is in the final feasibility stage of development. So it's about you know, working out the costs and, and whether it's viable to go ahead with the project. Uh, the share price does indicate that it is viable because we, are, we have seen some uh, rise in the share price in the last six months. However, it will be some time before they are up and running. Now, uh, the, in terms of hot copper, MNS is getting a lot of attention because of an article written in The Australian about the company being under investigation by the Australian Securities and Investment Commission, or ASIC. Uh, no information has been provided about the nature of these investigations, except that it has to do with, I think, their, one of the directors of the company. Uh, the company has come out, though, and they've refuted these claims. But it appears there is some validity to these concerns. I mean, the Australian wouldn't write an article if these uh, accusations had no sense of truth about them. 
So we'll have to wait and see. The company has been accused in the past of tinkering uh, with buy and sell orders, but nothing came of it in the past. So, you know, are they at it again? It's really difficult to tell. Uh, I think we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. Certainly looking at the chart, one could argue that this is a typical pump and dump. And some of the listeners or some of our listeners who participate in Hot Copper uh, believe that may in fact be the case as uh, its shares rose from 30 cents in the middle of October to 72 cents in less than a month. So that's a significant rise of around about 120%. Uh, the share price of MNS has since fallen to 54 cents. So that could be your typical pump and dump. So for Magnus Energy, what would I be doing here? Uh, if I'm a holder, I'd probably wait and see what happens, but I certainly wouldn't be entering at this point. I'll be looking to see that um, all of this uh, talk about uh, you know being investigated by ASIC is all done and, and finalized and finished and things are cool. All right, the last one uh, we're going to talk about uh, that's popular on Hot Copper is EFE. Um, that is Eastern Iron Limited. Was primarily a copper and gold explorer, um, but has this Trig Hill project, um, which is next to the Pilbara um, PLS, the Pilbara Lithium um, Mine, and it's an old tin mine, but they have found, guess what, Trav? Tin? Lithium. Um, and so they uh, have been have gone into a joint venture with Yahoo, which is a huge Chinese company that's partnered up with Tesla, for example, uh, Core Lithium. Um, so they've gone into a, proje uh, a project with them to um, drill and explore this old tin mine, which is next to PLS Pilbara Minerals um, Lithium Mine. Um, on the back of this, the price has gone... Well, it went from one and a half cents a share up to five cents, really on the rumor that this could be happening. And since the agreement last week, it got all the way up to nine cents. So, um, geez, a big rise there from one and a half to nine cents for those people that got on board. It has corrected to seven and a half cents um, to be a market cap of $67 million currently um, for Eastern Iron Limited. Yeah, they might have to change their name soon. Um, if this lithium project and partnership with Yahoo um, goes further and they and they really get some good drill results because yeah it's not going to be a copper and gold explorer if they become a lithium producer trap um, but yeah stay tuned and have a look at EFE all right that's it for the hot copper Trav I'm sure our listeners are interested to know what's happening in the crypto world this week well, a lot of our listeners are more interested in cryptocurrencies than stocks, so yeah, we've had an interesting week. They've struggled, actually, uh, to gain traction after the breakout in Bitcoin and Ethereum that we saw in the previous week. This was largely impacted by the Security and Exchange Commission's announcement that we spoke about earlier in the application for a crypto ETF. Lots of crypto punters are claiming that the rejection of the ETF application has occurred a number of times in the past, um, and so therefore it's not big news. However... The price tanked 10%. So, you know, uh, uh, those who are participating in the crypto world uh, do believe that it is a significant announcement. Unfortunately, too, for Bitcoin holders, it means that we broke that $64,000 US price target that we spoke about last week as being support. This is a bit concerning. Uh, and, you know, as I said last week that we need to see 
it hold above and if it didn't we would have to uh, regain traction and I think that's what's going to have to happen here. To me that $53,000 mark US price looks to be the next support to the downside. A number of other cryptos struggled this week. Uh, these included MakerCoin, Serum, Litecoin, Uniswap, OceanCoin and actually many many others but they're sort of the bigger market cap uh, cryptocurrencies so I'll mention those ones. Many of these altcoins fell by as much as 20%, James. Right. That's, that's a considerable pullback. Having said that, you know, when, when should you be buying? You buy on pullbacks. So there could be opportunities to get in at a lower price, uh, perhaps as soon as today. Uh, uptake of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is in fact surging. And we're seeing a lot of companies implement the technology in their own businesses. And so you would have to expect that eventually, if not today or tomorrow or next week, or that $53,000 Bitcoin target that we will see the cryptocurrencies rise again. And perhaps we will get to that $100,000 uh, know, before Christmas. I don't think so. Not now, now that we've seen that um, failed breakout. But perhaps by the middle of next year is a possibility. All right. Awesome. Thanks for that, Trav. Now we will get on to our watch list. Um, I'll go first. One that I think you really should add to your watch list, uh, the code is BD1, Bard One Life Sciences. Um, this is a cancer detecting uh, diagnostic company, uh, another biotech, um, mainly with breast, ovarian, and prostate cancer detection. This company is in really early stages. What I like about it, Trav, um, they're 108 million market cap at the moment but they've got $22 million in cash reserves that should take them through to 2023. Um, their initial test results for this um, cancer detection um, has had over 95% success rate. Um, so now the process is they're looking to team up with a laboratory partner in the USA um, to really get some more tests and then track to patient testing in high-risk women to start with, with breast and ovarian cancers. Um, then obviously, it'll be trying to get to regulatory approvals. Um, and yeah, hopefully in about 2023, um, the results and share price should look upwards. Um, so $1.30 at the moment, it did get as high as $4, this company, um, based on some of their initial test work, and it's settled right down to $1.30. So I think yeah, it's a good entry point um, with the money, with some cash reserves, um, at least for the next year and a half, shouldn't be doing a capital raising. So BD1, Bard Life Sciences, add it to your watch list. Well, I think that's a nice one to add. I've gone with a different style here. I've gone with a company called Tieto Minerals. Uh, that's the code TIE. You can look that up on the, uh, the stock exchange, the Australian Stock Exchange. The company has been exploring for gold in Cote d'Ivoire in Africa. Their grades that they're finding in the ground are really, really good uh, and I'm very impressed with the company. They are continuing to drill out the resource and it is expanding as the days go by. What I really like about them is that their cost of operation at the moment are very low because they own their own drill rigs and so they're not renting them, it reduces the cost. So they have, a, I think, three drill rigs operating at the moment over there in Cote d'Ivoire. And they're trying to really uh, expand the resource that they, that they do have there. They're also in the final stages of sorting out their financing to move to the development stage. This is expected to be finalised by about the end of the year. So that's uh, news that's imminent. 
and to begin development uh, early next year. Now, this is a company that is at the stage where institutional investors will position themselves once financing has been finalised and development begins. That's the big money. And they expect to be able to mine 200,000 plus ounces of gold annually at a very low cost of $651. And these are US currency figures. Now that's a very low operating cost. And given that the price of gold today as it stands is 1,866 per ounce, you can see that their margins are very, very healthy and that the project looks to be very profitable. Uh, I would wait for financing to be finalized and the project to begin uh, before entering this investment. I do see this morning that they've gone into a trading halt to conduct a capital raising, which would give investors a really great opportunity to get involved in Tieto Minerals, because I would expect that that uh, capital raising will be at a, at a lower price, perhaps as much as 17 to 20% below the current price, which sits today, I think, at about 44 cents. So Tieto Minerals, keep an eye on that one. All right, thanks, Trav. Okay, let's get on to our Beat the Bank segment. Now, Trav, last week it was a win for you. So you had NST, Northern Star um, Gold Producer, um, went from $10.16, currently at $10.33. Uh, my one, GBR, Great Boulder Resources, devastated at this one. 14 cents it was, I was really hoping between 15 and 20 cents, down to 13 cents. Um, now I wanted to keep that this week, GBR. I've got that much confidence that it's due to uh, have an upward spike, but that's against the rules, Trav, um, to keep the same company twice. So I'll keep an eye on that one, GBR, um, but I'm gonna go for RNU, Renescore Resources. So I'm hoping that in seven days time, um, this graphite company, it's got a graphite project in South Australia with the high graphite prices. It's had a recent partnership with POSCO, huge South Korean company, um, looking to produce green graphite. Um, it's got the largest graphite reserve outside of Africa, this one, Renescore. Um, currently 12.5 cents a share. I'm hoping that that is the support level, Trav, and that I'll be getting back to you that this is over 14 cents a share in seven days' time. That's all I'm looking for, just a play that in seven days' time will get me back from the depths of despair that GBR has done for me last week. So I'm going with RNU, Renescore Resources. What have you got? Well, I'm going with Select Harvest. The code for that is SH. Uh, they are in agriculture. Uh, the upside for them, I believe, is that crop production is actually up so far this year. Now, I think one of the things that we'll find with many of these exporters, importers, is shipping costs. And I am starting to believe that maybe peak ship shipment costs might be here now. And if it is, that means that they reduce going forward. And I believe that will help the bottom line for Select Harvest, if that takes place. Because uh, people have to eat, and that's what they do. They, they, they grow products, manufacture products, export products that all revolve around food. Reopening international state borders, I also believe, should help with availability of labour moving forward. Now, the downside of the minuses, the risks, if you like, is that shipping cost. You know, it's hurting at the moment, and I guess if you're considering buying into Select Harvest, you might want to consider whether you believe 
shipping costs will reduce because if they're not going to reduce and this stays around for a while, uh, select harvest will continue to struggle along. They've locked in many of their grain and crop prices at lower prices than the spot market. So it does ensure surety about the price they will receive. But, you know, if we get a rally in commodities, particularly soft commodities, they'll fall behind the, uh, the, wa the wagon, so to speak. Uh, wage inflation is upon us. They'll have to pay more to get people to pick the uh, food from the plants. And that's a risk also for select harvest. And uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with Select Harvest. All right, awesome, Trav. So um, that is just about it. Just the last thing uh, we're gonna do is just a diamond hands. Um, each week we'll take it in turns, find a company that has done nothing but head south in recent months, but should you be strong and just hang on? Well, I'll go this week. Um, we've touched on this company before. It's an interesting one, BPH. Um, so that's the code, uh, got up to 30 cents based on it looked like it was going to get a exploration license to drill for gas around the Hunter. Um, recently, a couple of months ago, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison said that no, we're not looking to approve that project, but it still hasn't been rejected. Um, Keith Pitt, the Resource Minister, he has the sole decision on whether this gets approved and Geez, it's almost been a year here. He still hasn't made the decision. So, I mean, if you've held on since 30 cents, I'd say keep your diamond hands. Um, Barnaby Joyce recently said, well, if we don't approve it, I don't know where we're going to get the gas from. Um, that's a little bit of positive news. So, yeah, my diamond hands company this week, BPH, um, I would just hold on, um, especially if... Um, uh, once we get this election over with next year, you might find that then they approve the license to drill for BPH. So that's my Diamond Hands company. Trav, anything else for you to add this week? Well, I would only add that if our listeners feel like they have an idea about a Diamond Hands type of company like BPH, that they head over to our Facebook page and post a comment in the Facebook page. That's the Two Lost Traders. You can simply look that up on Facebook. And um, we'll take a look at that company for you and have a discussion about whether or not, in fact, it is Diamond Hands. All right. Thanks, guys. Look forward to checking in next week. Yep. <laughs>